Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Podcast. Coming up, Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling. We'll talk to her about the Peloton controversy and other stuff. And we'll also talk to Dr. Carrie Hudson Rectal. Dr. Carrie Prairie Vet. Season three of that show starts next Friday on Animal Planet. We'll preview it with Dr. Carrie here on the podcast. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now the podcast. Here she is, Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling, conexuscounseling.ca. Carolyn, good to see you. How are you? Hey, Hal. How are you? Good. Um, We have lots to talk about today. I want to start with this. Normally, I would not start with audio, but some people aren't aware of what's going on. There is uh, a company called Peloton. Basically, you ride a bike at home. It's an exercise bike. But you're on camera, uh, they're on, the, the instructor's on camera for another location, you're exercising, with, it's, it's hot, it's, it's all the rage Peloton. Um, but they've put an ad out, and this ad has got people talking. So let, you're going to hear some of the, this is a story that's been put together on this, it's a couple of minutes. Listen to this, and this will better get us into the explanation of why some people have a problem with this ad. Take a listen. Okay, you ready? Yes! Now... It's the commercial for a trendy exercise bike that is head spinning. In the TV ad, the husband gifts his thin, attractive wife a $2,200 Peloton bike for Christmas. All right, first ride. I'm a little nervous, but excited. Let's do this. She proceeds to document her use of the stationary bike with selfie videos. 6 a.m. Rising with the sun. That was totally worth it. The following Christmas, the woman watches the videos with her husband. A year ago, I didn't realize how much this would change me. Thank you. Online reaction has been swift and overwhelmingly negative. Message received. Ladies, exercise harder, be thinner for your man, and then thank him for it. And this, the 116-pound woman's year-long fitness journey to becoming a 112-pound woman is just ridiculous. Come on. A Peloton? This comedian even shot her own parody. Okay, my first ride. I'm a little bit nervous, and rightly so, because my husband got me a workout bike for Christmas, and that's rude. A year ago, I didn't realize how much this would change me. Babe, I want a divorce. Not everyone thinks the ad is offensive. Maybe the husband wants his wife to be healthy. Ever think of that? Goes this comment. So, will all this controversy affect the Peloton brand? You can't buy this kind of bad press. And I put bad in quotes because as of this morning, there were 700,000 views of this 30-second commercial. If I'm Peloton, I'm thinking, bring on the haters, bring on the critics, bring on the comics, bring on all the parodies that have sprouted from this commercial because if just 1% of 700,000 viewers bought a Peloton, You've already made your money back. It's incredible. All right. So there's the the basic story and some reaction to it. And, and Carolyn Klassen's here from Conexus Counseling. So there's so much to talk about here. I The bottom line for me here is I think oh, it's a bunch of, this is a lot to do about nothing, I think. 
Best line in there, though, is, is the, you, the comedian who goes, <laughs> honey, I didn't know how much this would change me. I want a divorce. Uh, that was very good. Um, I understand. Well, get into this, Carolyn, because you've got some initial thoughts. By the way, uh, the stock price for Peloton initially dropped about 10%, but I think the expert at the end, the marketing expert, is absolutely right. You can't buy this kind of advertising. Everybody's talking about it. It exposes a product to a lot of people that maybe weren't aware of it. So I think in the end, it'll be good for them. And I wonder, here's what I wonder. I wonder if they didn't plan this, if they said, this is going to get people fired up. Let's do it this way. Uh, and, and it'll get people talking. I don't know. Well, if that was the case, it worked. It worked. Right? Uh, and I did not know about Peloton before today. Yep. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. Right. That I kind of like that idea. Um, and so Yes, it's certainly making more of us aware of it than would be aware of it otherwise. But here's the thing about advertising. Advertising is you have a very little bit of time to transmit a whole bunch of information. And so what they often do is leave and leave sort of just gives you tiny bits and then you can read things into it. Mm -hmm. And what advertising really wants you to do is to read yourself into the product so that you feel like I am not complete until I have this product. And so they want to leave room for the listener to project onto that um, onto that ad and but what's interesting is why does it why I would love a question and response at the end of this ad why is it that you picked a very slender woman these are questions you would ask Peloton yes and she comes down the stairs in beautiful outfit on Christmas morning with her beautiful child nobody looks like that on Christmas morning just coming down the stairs I'm sorry Um, and she already looks so put together but she also looks sort of meek and scared and timid and Mm -hmm. all uncertain of herself well because she's going to ride Peloton for a year and her confidence is going to go through the roof Carolyn (laughs) <laughs> well, that's what Peloton right. would say. But why is it that her husband gives it to her? Why yeah. doesn't she give it to herself? Or why doesn't a, a man give it to a, a, a woman give it to a man? Right? Mm. Why do they make some of these decisions? Uh, and so it comes across with a huge potential. They left themselves wide open to yep. be seen as misogynistic mm-hmm. and to be seen as a woman who's got to be thin, has to be even thinner to make her husband happy. That's th- mm. There's room in there to in- make that yeah. interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. A- and that feels offensive, yeah. right? Yeah. And so what I love about this, though, is because they leave room for that, they also leave room for discussions about this like the one that you and I are having right yeah. now. So that's the good to come that's from this. That's the good news. Yeah. And what news do you, what message do you want your little daughters and nieces, grandchildren, what messages do you want them to get from media about who they are, how to see their bodies, how for them to own their own bodies and to take pride in them for themselves, not to sort of please somebody else? I think these are questions that are good for us to be thinking about and talking about. Um, and this just give just opened the door for us to walk right through it. I'm not sure you could have done this ad anyway and not because I feel like we're kind of at that point now in society where we complain about everything. You will. (laughs) No, we do. Or at least an element of the population does. You're never, no matter what you did with that, if it had been a larger woman who some people might have said she needs to exercise, we would have heard about that. That's why I kind of feel like, you know what, no matter what, I think they maybe did this on purpose to get people talking, to expose the product to more people. Um, and and don't get me wrong. I understand where you're coming from with this. It's just, for me, it's an ad. It's a product. I don't care. But it does start a conversation that I think is is an important one to have because I think some, and maybe we do need to react when we see something like this that we find offensive or elements of it is a, are offensive or that some people find offensive and say, no, this crap's got to stop. 
Yeah. And I mean, Peloton, I think what they would say is, who, why wouldn't you want to give somebody the opportunity to engage in a process where they could develop confidence and feel better about who they are? And isn't that a wonderful gift to give somebody, right? Yeah. And so we, would, we wouldn't agree with that. And healthy is not about your size, right? We, right. we, we know that. So, you know, but anyhow, I interrupted. Go and ahead. And so the product, you know, when I was reading about this online, that some people who maybe have cancer journeys and are immunocompromised and want to keep up their fitness, this is a great way for them to be in a fitness class without exposing themselves to other people's germs. At right? home, right. Um, but they didn't play on that part yeah. of it, right? Right. And so one wonders, wasn't there a way to more effectively promote your product in a way that doesn't play into some of the cultural stereotypes that we would like to think are gone. But if you talk to women, they will say, we still feel that that, that there's, we, we marinate in this stuff in ways that aren't overt, but are covert. And yeah. this just made the covert very overt. And, and we want to live in a world that's past this and that doesn't uh, have these sorts of messages to our little girls. Yeah. And you know, like I'll see an ad where the guy in the ad's kind of a dummy. Right. You know, and, and that's I, not OK either. It isn't. And I never used to re- that never used to really bother me. And then it, it came up a couple of times and I started hearing from men out there, men and women, but men primarily and said, this isn't right. And you know what? It's not right. No, there, there's a lot of advertising that sort of play in the buffoon male yeah. whose wife has to make him smarter and give him the right tips. And in the end, he'll bumble through and realize what a good product it is, right? That's not okay either, right? When we shame people into buying products, um, that's not ultimately good marketing, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, weigh the good and the bad with this then. The good being the conversation that's come from it mm-hmm. or the bad Furthering those stereotypes, what wins here, good or bad? Well, I think that ultimately it's good because we don't want these sorts of things in our culture. We want to move past this. And when we realize that somebody thought that this was a good idea and this makes the over the yeah, the covert messages that we still all live with make them overt and say we don't like this, that's a winner for me. We've been wanting to talk about this one for a couple of weeks now, Carolyn, and we keep running out of time. So let's get to it, because I think it's a good one. The three most desired qualities in a romantic partner. Three of them. What are they? So here's the thing is if you know what to look for and also who to be, mm-hmm. then it, then you can look for when you're dating somebody to see if the if a person has the qualities that are necessary to sort of go the distance in a relationship. Um, uh, some I think if you wait for premarital counseling, which I am total believer in, I think is a great thing to do when you're before engaged. Before you ever get married. Before you get married. And right. some people are doing it before they get engaged, right? Like, let's make sure we're on the same page and that we're compatible, mm-hmm. that we have the same values and this, we're going in the same direction that we can make this thing go the distance. Right. That, But even before you are in a, you need to start realizing that what qualities are you looking for to even establish a long-term relationship with somebody? Because it's not just about if you both, you know, like football, it goes beyond that is do people have the essential qualities that are required to be able to be in a long-term relationship? So, the, And it's about developing sort of romantic competence, I would mm-hmm. say. So the first one, the first skill to see if a person has is insight. And insight is about awareness and understanding and learning. It's about knowing who you are, knowing who the other person is. So insight is saying, gee, I've had a hard day at work. I'm feeling a little testy. I'm going to have to be aware that when I walk in the house, um, depending on how the other person responds, I could lose it really easy. But it won't be about that other person. It will be about the day I had. Yeah, boy, that's one that I think I know I struggle with that one. A lot of us struggle with that. 
Sure. And I think the challenge is, is to recognize that because if you blow up at your partner and they're like, wait a minute, you just walked in the door. If right. you both don't recognize it, mm-hmm. right? And the insight is just being aware of what what floats the other person's boat, right? Like if I say thank you, the other person's going to be kinder to me. If I let him sleep in longer, if I make his favorite coffee, that that is what what means a lot. That's what says I love you. Like developing insight into what says I love you for the other person. Knowing what matters for that other person. So it's developing your own insight and seeing if the other person has insight Mm -hmm. to know what is meaningful for you. So it's just being really aware and looking beyond the surface and and using wisdom. That's a good one. Insight. I like Mm -hmm. that one. The second one is mutuality. And mutuality is knowing that in a relationship, both people have needs and both people have those needs that matter. So mutuality is about making your own needs clear, right? If you're going into a family gathering and you feel like you need your partner to be a wingman, Mm -hmm. can you ask for that? When so-and-so comes up and starts asking me inappropriate questions, can you come up and change the topic, right? Mm -hmm. Can I count on you to have my back? That you are really that you're able to be clear, so the other person knows how to be your partner. Mm-hmm. But mutuality is also recognizing what does the other person need, and so sometimes you do things. You, you you know you do it for the team, right? Where you do things that are different than what you would want, but you know going on vacation over here makes sense. So you're going to do this instead of your first preference, right? Sometimes as life partners, you say, you know what, this is a good career move for you, even though yeah. it's not for me. Better for both of us as a couple. So in the big picture, I want you to be happy. We're going to do this, knowing that at some point mutuality is going to even itself out and you might make a move back for your career Mm -hmm. and that there's this give and take and that both people's needs are respected and valued. Mutuality. Mutuality. And number three. And number three is emotional regulation. And emotional regulation is about regulating your feelings in response to things that happen in your relationship. So it's finding ways of staying calm and to keep things that happen in your relationship in perspective. And so you can imagine that um, there's times when your partner sets you off and you can lose it and you start, you never do this and you always do that. And that's, you're losing emotional regulation. Sometimes if your partner upsets you, and we talked about things that annoy you, we'll maybe talk about that in a minute, right? right? You get dysregulated and you start acting out of your feelings rather than out of your head to Mm -hmm. say, you know, this is upsetting me right now. You left your socks on the floor again. But that doesn't mean that World War III has to start. It means Mm -hmm. you need to have a discussion. So sometimes you have to say, oh, I'm pretty, you know, steamed right now. Let me bring myself down to where I can have a good conversation with my partner. Because if you have somebody that flies off the handle and loses it and can't actually relate to you respectfully, that's not going to set yourself well for a long-term relationship. It can go into a real bad area. And all we're talking about is socks on the floor. And you can't unring the bell, right? If you start calling people names Mm. and you start um, getting to a level of verbal aggression or even physical aggression, you can't go back from that. And so you have to find a way to rein in. It's normal to get upset when somebody does something again after you've asked them not to. Of course, you're going to get emotionally dysregulated. And the Mm -hmm. challenge is how do you rein it in so that you don't do damage to the relationship that can't be undone? Yeah. So we're talking about this Reddit thread the other day where people started going off on things that make them crazy. Stupid little things. It's not rational that it makes you crazy, but it makes you crazy. What's that all about? Why do these stupid little things that shouldn't matter matter so much? They so matter, right? And I remember when I first thought of this, I was thinking, so what bothers me? And I, my, when I was a, a kid, my older brother would speak in a Donald Duck voice 
forever. And he knew it drove me crazy. And the more it drove me crazy, the more he did it. Right. And my mom would say, don't let it bug you. And I'm like, that would be nice if I could actually make that happen. But I can't. It just drives me squirrely. Right. It just would send me through the roof. It would emotionally dysregulate me. Right. Um, and I would do things to my brother that I was not allowed to do because um, when you're a kid, you just you you act out <laughs> your dysregulation. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's it's helpful to recognize there are things that set us off, and we don't always understand. Often, though, if you dig down, and I do this with clients sometimes when they come in and say, "My partner does this, and it drives me crazy." Yeah. What's going on? Often, it's there's the sense of, um, in some ways, it would it. Imagine this. If you walk into a doctor's office um, and somebody, you know, you meet in the doorway with uh, somebody else and you bump, it's no big deal. But if you walk into a doctor's office because you have a broken arm and you bump up against somebody, it's going to send you through the roof. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really going to hurt that much in a way that the other person's going to say, what's the big deal? Right. This doesn't make any sense. Right. And so I think often those things that bug you often, you know, like if it's if somebody starts speaking in a Donald Duck voice now, it's not going to be cute for me because I have issues with Donald Duck voice. I have a history I have a history, right? But even more than that, often it's something that's not even as as directly connected. Often it's this feeling of, I feel disrespected, um, or I feel like I don't have a voice, or I feel like you're not being tuned in or having developing insight into what bothers. Like, there's something underneath that it touches yeah. that we can't even put words to until now when I say it, it feels kind of obvious. But when you're in the moment, it just feels annoying. Hmm. Uh, but if you spend a bit of time and are really mindful and dig down and dig deep into what's going on, there's a level at which it feels like an insult at some level or it feels hurtful in a way that doesn't actually connect to this annoying thing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, right, because we don't know why, but there has to be a reason why that bothers us so much, right? right? So, like, if somebody's making unnecessary loud eating noises, mm-hmm. right? As children, we were taught that that's rude and impolite. So right. it feels like somebody's not being careful and, re- and respectful around mm-hmm. you, that they're just eating in a way that's okay for them and disrespectful to you. Somebody says balls," and that bothers you. Like, there's something... People are pulling for cuteness and trying to be adorable, and it's not adorable. Yeah, and it just rubs you the wrong and, way. And then and it starts to feel kind of slimy. And who likes to be around mm, something that's slimy, right? Yeah. 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 That's good. I like that. Carolyn Classen connects his counseling. She'll be back next Thursday. Uh, we're going to break for the news here at three o'clock. You can find uh, more about Carolyn and Connexus Counseling at connexuscounseling.ca. With her clinic on wheels. Dr. Carey rides the prairie roads on call for animals both small and big. One minute you've got an emergency C-section on a chihuahua and the next minute I'm out semen testing bulls that weigh 2,000 pounds or more. Try not to get a finger torn off or a leg broken. I literally have my phone with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every single day of my life. And Dr. Carrie hudson Rectal joins us on the phone now. Dr. Carrie, good afternoon. Hi, how are you today, Hal? Great. Congratulations on season three. I think we talked when it all began. We talked at the start of season two, and now here we are, season three. Can you believe it? <laughs> no, I can't believe it. It's been, uh, it's been really great to be um, renewed for another season. What's been the best part of this whole thing? Um, I think the best part for me is... Um, 
is the contact that I've had with the young viewers out there. So the young kids that want to be veterinarians one day and, you know, being kind of an inspiration for them and, you know, a role model. I mean, that's definitely the very most positive thing for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I can see where that would be really cool to uh, have viewers, little viewers, young viewers come up to you and say, I want to do what you do. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been really great and, and definitely something that I didn't really think about when I started started this but uh but yeah the the kids have really gotten on board and really enjoy the show so that's been really good to see i love that it's right here in manitoba you know you're not trying to pretend you're somewhere else you're here in manitoba and you're dealing with our animals no for sure manitoba we've got lots to offer and um there's lots of things uh going on in manitoba lots of things to see and you know it's beautiful here and some people forget that so that's been one of my favorite things is how the production company merit motion pictures really wants to show how beautiful manitoba is and and how much we have to offer and i like the fact that one minute you're dealing with a dog or a cat and the next minute you're birthing a calf yeah, uh, mixed animal practice in the country definitely has um, all kinds of things going on. And like you say, one minute we could be dealing with a, a bull that's, you know, trying to, you know, not want to do what it's supposed to do because that's what bulls do. Right. And, yeah. you know, the next minute we've got a little kitten that's that's in trouble, you know, gotten beaten up or something like that. Yeah. So it's uh, always, you know, it's a job that always keeps you on your toes, for sure. And the education part of it, too, I imagine, is exciting for you, right? Things like spaying and neutering, which most people know, but just the education that comes along with the fun of the show. For sure. You know, we want to get the message out there about the importance of animal welfare, the importance of the good things that we can do for our animals, you know, how to keep them healthy and not just keeping them healthy, but how to give them a, a really good quality of life. And that's not only, you know, our dogs and cats at home, but on the farm as well. So that has been very important to me. Carrie, you're getting to be a pretty big star. How much longer do you want to do this? <laughs> I don't know about that, but, uh, you know, I'd love to keep going with it. You know, we always have new ideas for, for things that we want people to see and people to learn about, so I hope we keep going. Well, Season 3 of Dr. Carey begins on Animal Planet, not this Friday, not tomorrow, but next Friday on Animal Planet. Congratulations on all the success, Carrie. Thank you very much, Hal. Dr. Carrie Hudson Rectal. Dr. Carrie, Prairie Vet, again, Animal Planet, one week from tomorrow, season three. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.